from St. Joseph, Missouri, here is Travis Lee Hartman. You look good. You're repping gear. I'm repping gear. I, I almost wore that one too. That would have been, we would have been twinsies. That would have been weird. People would have made fun of us. Like they don't already make fun of us with the uh, latest episode of Wayne and with Travis Hartman. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as always, we are here for you. We're going to talk a little bit about boxing news. What's what's on, on the agenda on the horizon. We talk life sometimes politics sports whatever else there was a little event yesterday we might talk about uh some but before i really get into it i want to make mention that over there is weekend trav travis hartman i am b money the producer brandon waters thank you so much for joining and subscribing and if you're not you really should hit that button below you below you um thanks to our media partners as always th boxing Gulfstream Financial, and IF Enterprises. Thank you so much. Weekend Trav, what's going on? It's not even the weekend anymore. It's Monday. I know. What's up, B-Money? How, wow. how, uh, how was your weekend, buddy? Because I know that you are um, up in Tennessee. Yep, up in Tennessee. And uh, maybe we'll jump into that later on towards the end of the show, too. But I'm up here with some family. And uh, we fly back tomorrow, but we've been up here since Thursday and uh, we had a, a cool, oh, are you there? Where, what are we doing? Are you good? I think we, I think we got a major delay here, but brother. What's the delay? I hear you. I see you. Yeah, but you're like waiting to answer me. No, I'm not. I'm just wondering what you're doing. Yeah. Yours was cutting out a little bit too at the beginning. Well, not on my side. I think uh, I think we're good to go. And if we're not, then that's the unpolished uh, level of our show that people love about us, uh, our, our whimsical attitude and nature. So weekend trav. I'm up here in Tennessee. You're down in Florida. I'll be home soon. And, uh, you know, we're just going to chit chat here for a little bit and give the fans and the watchers what they want. So without further ado, give it to me. What's going on in boxing? Not a lot of new stuff is happening in the boxing world. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of a good thing because we have a blockbuster schedule, you know, for the first quarter, you know, with Canelo Alvarez fighting. Um, the Tyson Fury and um, Anthony Joshua fight hasn't been set yet still. The date, but the fight's happening. The date hasn't been set yet. We're still kind of in limbo with this Manny Pacquiao-Ryan Garcia thing. Um, there's been no set date or even uh, heard anything from the Pacquiao camp that the fight's happening, but we've heard from Garcia that it's happening, but I don't know if it's happening for sure or not, because now I hear Garcia talking about um, possibly fighting Tank if he doesn't get to fight Pacquiao. So there's a little talks going on with there. I honestly think it's negotiating ploys going on right now because I think Manny Pacquiao, I think he kind of knows that um, he's only got a couple fights left. So he's probably negotiating hard to get his biggest, biggest payday that he possibly can. Um, I know his team is doing that. Uh, Sean Gibbons is one of his advisors, and I know Sean personally. Um, and I know that they're they're trying to get this fight. So my whole thing is I bet the hang-up is uh, money, possibly, and, and I'm not sure what else. But um, that's pretty much the, the, the roundabout things with boxing right now. There's not really a lot going on, um, new stuff at least. So we get to the month of February with Canelo fighting the end of February, right. which is uh, February 27th in Florida, which – 
we might have to take a trip down there depending on what our schedules look like. But uh, otherwise, there's not really a lot going on. So it's it's weighing in with Travis Harmon today. Might not be boxing necessarily. Oh, oh we might be getting into some football uh, in a minute here. Well, we want to also mention the passing of, of Leon Spinks. That was, I think that was over the weekend, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Leon Spinks, former heavyweight champion of the world. He beat Muhammad Ali in his eighth pro fight. Amazing. Which is absurd. Even though Ali was obviously toward his career, the fact that Binks was 7-0 and and he got to fight the greatest of all time, arguably, is pretty phenomenal. So, And Leon Spinks was also a gold medalist, I believe, um, in like the 76 Olympics, if I'm correct. I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. So the guy's phenomenal. The guy had a phenomenal career. He's got a lineage of kids and relatives now that were also great fighters in the pros and the amateurs. So um, rest in peace, Leon Spinks. He gave a lot to the, to the boxing world, um, especially, you know, how many people can say they beat one of the greatest of all time boxers, whether it's oh, at the end of the career or not. Leon is credited with beating Muhammad Ali. So it, it's pretty special. And again, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, And now I do have a delay with you. You are frozen on my side. Wait. Uh, homage and peace champ. He had a phenomenal. Um, so. Okay. You got me? Because you are cutting in and out a little bit. Hopefully it's not doing that for everybody else, but we'll see. We'll find out. So I think I'm good. I think you're good right now. So yes, uh, rest in peace, Leon Spinks. Uh, if, if you are following our other pages and content, Am I breaking down? No, you're good. Oh, what was I didn't I'm watching your eye language and your body language and it's 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 <laughs> disturbing me. Um so if you're following us on the other content, the Instagram page, Wayne in with Travis Hartman, Facebook as well, Wayne in with Travis Hartman, and of course here on YouTube and Spotify, every other source for your audio needs and, uh, for podcasting. You, you will know. We try to update that stuff throughout the week, so we draw attention to events like that. So feel free to go ahead and uh, head on out there, follow us on the socials, and uh, maybe even we can Trav in his TikTok page too, because I think he's pretty active on that. I'm starting to do a one video a day wow. for TikTok. So I haven't done mine for today. That's that's. He's pretty much a 20-year-old female, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So <laughs> weekend trap. Um, what I was looking forward to. What's that? I'm not dancing, though. I'm doing boxing videos on TikTok. So Okay. Well, maybe, I'm sure the dancing is not too far behind. <laughs> so um, what I was hoping to see a little bit of, and I didn't see it over the weekend, uh, was potentially you headed out to Tampa for a small little event we call the Super Bowl. So why don't you give me a rundown here? Because I think you may have had some friends in town or at least in Tampa. I'm not sure what happened with that. We haven't ta talked to each other really all weekend till this morning. So uh, give me a rundown. Give me a rundown of what was going on this weekend. Yeah, actually, I didn't end up going to Tampa at all. Um, a couple of my friends that were in Tampa um, decided to hit me up and come over here to Orlando. And we ended up going to Orlando Magic game on Friday night, ironically enough. So they came and visited me. They're with the press from Missouri for the, for the Super Bowl. They covered the Kansas City Chiefs in Missouri. So a couple of my buddies who are working for the press, they ended up coming over here uh, and checking out a game. And I went with them. They stayed the night here. And then Saturday, I got a little, I got a little tight, meaning they left 
Irina flew in Saturday morning and I was just like, do I really want to go all the way over there to Tampa? Cause I'm not going to the game for sure. I wasn't about to pay $5,000 for a nosebleed ticket. So I, I decided to stay home. So I didn't end up going to Tampa, which was probably a good decision um, because they said that Tampa was a super spreader with the Super Bowl. So at least I, at least I, at least I can't get flack for that because I didn't go. <laughs> well, so, so we had the, uh, the Super Bowl being yesterday, and that was the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First time in NFL history, the Super Bowl was hosted by um, the team actually in uh, the Super Bowl itself. You had Tom Brady, uh, basically the, the GOAT, the, the greatest of all time, taking on Patrick Mahomes, who might be an up-and-coming potential of someone to unseat him. After last night's performance, I'm not so sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, the game in general was a snooze fest. Here's my commentary. It was boring. Tampa Bay's defense was stellar. They stifled Mahomes and his, his receivers. Mahomes was on the run all game. When you're having to throw uh, off your back feet and uh, about 20 or 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage, it seems every time that's not a recipe for victory. Uh, so overall, it was boring. It was a boring boring football game my opinion yeah I mean I I didn't think it was boring I thought it was I thought it was a good Super Bowl um just seeing a guy like Tom Brady who's 43 years old uh he now single-handedly has more Super Bowls than any NFL franchise yeah in the entire NFL he has seven rings the next closest to him is the Patriots with six which he won six of those with the Patriots so right it's it's freaking phenomenal. Like the guy's phenomenal. So I was just in awe. Uh, but also I think you're right though, about I think Mahomes is the next heir apparent. I really do because I don't think he played bad. I think, I think he played very good, but he was being pressured. His wide receivers weren't doing anything. They couldn't get open. The run game never started. Um, their defense from Tampa was, was phenomenal. And I think yep. me and you kind of briefly talked about that. They were kind of underrated. That defense was underrated. They came in clutch and they, they, they started hitting their stride at the right moment, which was yeah. the championship game. And then now the Super Bowl. I mean, so I knew how good they were. I knew how good they were. Cause obviously they took uh, the Packers down in the championship game. Uh, all I'm going to say is the Packers put up 30, I think on them. So uh, that wasn't exactly nine, but you know, the, the Packers did a little bit more damage uh, either way. This, the defense should have been the MVP if they could have given it the whole side of the defense. I mean, they just played stellar. Uh, Mahomes, to his credit, I mean, the guy's an athletic freak. There are some passes that I could not believe he got off. There was one where he was being basically he's being sacked, flick of the wrist, should have been a touchdown, hit the dude in his face mask. I know, hit him in the worst spot, which was right pretty much in his hands, but it went through his hands, hit him in the face mask. Like, how do you not catch that as a wide receiver in the Super Bowl? His receivers weren't helping him. Uh, there was t- probably two or three passes that should have been caught it couldn't have been jitters because they were there last year. So I don't know what the excuse was other than the fact that Tampa was so good uh, on defense and it was no stopping destiny. Uh, what seems like uh, that Tampa Bay was going to win this thing uh, with Tom Brady. Now um, let's talk a little bit about Tom Brady because some interesting elements to him uh, walking the pregame, walking into the stadium. If I don't know if you saw any of the coverage walks into the stadium, what was missing? No mask, no mask. Okay. What about his locker room? What, what, what was, uh, what was in his locker? Oh, that was in 2016. You're talking oh, about- oh, I thought, okay. I thought that was last night. 
but that was true that he had he had the make america great attic in his locker in 2016 that was the old one yeah he didn't have it right now he didn't have it now when jim when jim nance went to interview him after the game and jim nance has the mask and and tom brady says what was that i can't hear you very well come closer yeah i'm closer so interesting interesting little developments there uh on the corona bro front uh but i don't know I, I was just hoping, I think everyone was hoping for a little bit of a closer game, something that went down to the wire. Uh, to, I'm just going to be honest, I lost interest in it pretty, pretty rapidly, uh, especially not having a, uh, a dog in the fight, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, that makes it easier to lose interest, though, because to be fair, that's obviously why you didn't like it, probably because, like, you didn't really care who won. And, no. and Brady beat your boy, so I can that's see true. Now, my boy, my boy, on the other hand, not, it's like a small consolation prize, I guess, ended up pulling the MVP uh, for the season. So I'm pretty know. sure he would trade that MVP. Oh, for that 100%. That for sure, too. 100%. He has three of those things now, and I'm pretty sure he'd rather have three championship rings rather than just the one. So it is what it is. That's 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 kind of uh, what's going on there. Any other takeaways from the Super Bowl in general that you that you walked away with? I mean, yeah, it wasn't. I will. I will say that the the halftime show. I like the weekend, but it, I wasn't very entertained. It was kind yeah. of um. I was like, ah, whatever. Uh, the the commercials. Mm-hmm. I was. I, I wasn't impressed again either. Like, yeah. I'm a pretty positive guy, but I don't want to say it was like terrible. But it wasn't like memorable. I can't tell you right now. Maybe one or two commercials that I can remember that were that kind of stuck out. But otherwise, I didn't really care. Yeah, I can't even I can't even tell you my favorite commercial because I don't remember any of them. Yeah, and that's that's not good. That even if even if they're really bad, at least they're memorable. I don't really have very many memorable ones that I can really talk about right now, which is sad. But I think that's the the state of affairs with the NFL right now too. Is I think they're struggling a little bit with uh, with an with bringing in new audiences and building their brand even more. I think it's really taking a hit, not just because of coronavirus, because of a lot of things. Right. But I, I feel like. It could have been better, I guess. Overall, I think it could have been better, and that and that's kind of that's kind of where I ended it. It just could have been a little better. Yeah, they had that one commercial that was supposed to be the whole meet in the middle thing with Bruce Springsteen and Jeep, and I was like, save your gobbledygook, because I know for a fact this cat isn't in the middle. I, this is it's just it's pandering. It's pandering to the audience, pandering both to the one side and the other, and it was a minute of black and white drivel. Uh, talking about us meeting in the middle and we're on our way as a country. Really? I don't see that. Do you see that weekend, Trav? No. I, oh, you're over there. Okay. I, de- I definitely don't. And yeah, I think pandering is such a good word. I mean, they're gaslighting, they're pandering. They're, it's just... Gaslighting's good too, yeah. Like, I mean, I tune in, and this is where I'm getting sick and tired of in sports, is I tune in to watch the sport. And I think too often in the last couple of years, we have turned away from the actual sport and we're taking the spotlight and putting it on other stuff. And I, I get what they're trying to do, but I also don't get it because they're ruining the tradition and the actual sport, which we tune in. They're, they're just muddy in the waters. I'd rather turn this game on and watch the sport. You can throw in some things. I get it. It's a platform, but I think they really got to be careful because the old school traditional people who love the sport they're really turning those guys away. Yeah. And I think those are your traditional long-term fans. You're trying to bring in this new thing by gaslighting and pandering. And that they're not going to stick around and watch because 
They're just not. You're pandering and gaslighting for them, but you better start pandering and gaslighting for the traditional fans who are the old school guys like my dad, your dad, the guys have watched the sport for a long time, watch it grow. And I think that they don't like where it's going. And, and I can see that because it's, it became so political, especially with some of the first things I saw on Twitter. Like you just, like you were talking about Tom Brady, he walked into the arena without a mask. All I saw was hate towards this man. Yeah, yeah he should like, like, like he should be setting an example and this and that. I'm like, really? Yeah, he is setting an example. You just don't like the example he set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like I was telling you too, I think this whole mask thing has been a big, big pandering as well because for TV, especially. Remember when I was in Dallas? We were both in Dallas. We were in the bubble. We traveled with our fighter in the bubble. All of the referees and judges who were there the night of the fight was in the bubble. But yet when the TV cameras came on, I had to wear a mask and you had to wear a mask in between rounds with our fighter. Just didn't make sense. We literally were in the hotel, in the bubble. Nobody else go. We all passed COVID tests. But because the TV was on, we had to put those masks on. Even though we could train with our fighter without him on, we could do all that stuff without it. But yet as soon as the TV camera came on, wow, put your mask on. I was just like, the ma- if the masks make sense, wear them. But for me, there's a lot of gaslighting and a lot of pandering going on when the TV cameras come on. And, and I, I'm not for all that. I'm just not. And I, I think, you know, good for Tom Brady. You know, he, he wasn't setting a bad example, but the guy is 43 years old. He, he's at the peak of his, not at the peak, right towards the end of his career, but he, he's healthy. He lives a good, he lives a healthy life. He does all stuff. He probably wears a mask when he has to, but like, let the guy let leave the guy alone. He wasn't in a big crowd. He was walking into the stadium pretty much by himself and he was socially distanced, but leave it to anybody to find a way to criticize a guy who also he's known as being a Donald Trump fan and friends with Donald Trump. So I honestly think that's why they're kind of getting at him a little more than anything. Everybody's taking their, they're trying to kick Trump while he's down and they're really piling on. So I think a lot of people, because um, Tom Brady, was friends with him and never actually openly came out and said he voted for Trump. He never one time actually said that they just found a hat in his locker in 2016 and they just took it from there. So he's actually never came out and, and actually verbally endorsed Trump, but yet because he was friendly with the guy, they're like trying to throw him under the bus still. And I, and and that's, and that's the thing with the mask thing, the, it's not, if someone doesn't want to wear a mask, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a Trump person. And if somebody wants to wear a mask, doesn't necessarily mean they're an anti-Trump or a Biden person or whatever else, you know, everyone's going to do what they feel is proper and necessary for themselves. I know you and I have talked about this at length ad nauseum, really. It's, you know, I'm, I'll respect a sign on a door for business because I'm the one walking into your establishment. Fine. Uh, But what what boggles my mind is when I see people driving around solo with a mask on or riding their bike outside with a mask on and all these things. I don't it's like, it. come on guys. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Um, so what are we going to do? What are we, what are we going to do at this point? I'm up here in Tennessee. Uh, what, what I like to be call it as God's country because I love it up here. It's, it's great. The weather has been, it's been freaking freezing, but I love being up here and it's kind of the same. It's similar to Florida with regard to this kind of stuff with the masks and whatnot. Uh, but I did stop at a convenience store or a gas station convenience store the other day just to pick something up and has the sign on the door uh, in order to, uh, you know, for people to wear masks on the way in. And so I had my mask ready to put it on. I look inside as I'm approaching, there's like seven people getting stuff. Yes. No one, no one had a mask on only the workers. Cause they have to. And I get that. Um, 
so I found that pretty interesting and telling. Uh, it's a political line that's been drawn, and 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 masks are like oh, that that's like one of the items of it. It's it's so silly to me. Uh, and so we talk about sports and we talk about optics of the whole thing. And it's interesting because then once the cameras go off or even with uh, flag football in Florida, and then I'll talk in a minute about flag football up here, it's the same thing. If you are a coach or a ref or something like that, you have to wear one, but the players aren't. I mean, what are we doing? What is, what sense does this make? I mean, the coach, the coaching staff for, for the NFL too, they're all wearing masks. We have the players aren't wearing the masks yet. They practice with them. So again, it just, when it makes sense, I'm okay with it. But when it doesn't make sense, I'm not okay with it. And they've already come out and said, and even Fauci has said it, that those masks, unless they're in 95, they're not doing what you think they're doing. So what cracks me up, it was, what cracks me up is seeing guys on the sidelines and, and they got a little bit better towards the end of the season. And even last night, and they get on there and they put the thing on, but then they keep pulling it down because they're they're like yelling at their own coach or yell, yelling at each other. And then they slide it back up. I'm like, wait a minute. If, if these are supposed to do something, you actually just defeated the purpose for those handful of seconds that you're yelling and spitting all over the place. So what's the point? That's, Optics. I mean, and it is. And that's what makes me sick about it all. I'm just like, listen, let, like just – these guys are, they're, they're around each other the whole time. And then when TV cameras come on, Hey, put your mask on. But yeah, when you're on the field, you're good. You're good. You're good. Even though you're yelling and swapping spit and hitting each other and definitely conversing. And then you go back to the sidelines. No big deal. It's just, I, I, I don't get it. And again, it's just, I'll be happy when this time is over, but to be, to be fair, be money. I don't know that this time will be over anytime soon because I've already heard the, the nonsense about they're like, uh, the vaccine doesn't make you oblivious to getting it. All it does is makes your symptoms, if you do get it, a lot less mild. So now they're like, even if you got your vaccine, still wear your mask. And I'm like, Biden, I think, duped us because he was like, 100 days, give me 100 days, wear them for 100 days, and we're going to be good. I think we're going to be wearing them, and they're going to have these mask mandates, I think, for the rest of the year. And that's what makes me really sad and also, but also makes me happy to live in Florida because I think we are a little more lax when it comes to that. Right. They're not, you know, mask Nazis as most states, but uh, I'm scared that it's going to happen for a while, man. No, I hear you. So I'm going to, so keep talking to me because I'm pulling up something and I want to, I'm going to share the screen a little bit and it's going to be something interesting. This is what I'm going to do to further our shadow ban um, with all the different socials. So you know how I go. Um, so I'm going to pull up some data or a chart uh, and it's based on CDC information. Okay. So if you're ready for that, let me see. Gonna I'm going to go back news. over to Zoom. Are you giving us some fake news? Are we going to get fact-checked? No, no, no. I'm going to share my screen here. Let's see here. I don't know how to do that, so I'm waiting for a producer over there. All right. Ooh, ooh B. Waters just started screen sharing. Oh, so, I, I don't know how this is going to pull up in our video. Hopefully, it does pull up right. But I want, I want to show you this part. You see where I'm circling? Clinical and public health lab confirmed cases of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, this is not funny, but I see what you're doing. So we have 10 weeks still. Okay. And this is as of January 23rd. I actually saw one that was more recent. It's basically the same chart. Um, so this is as of uh, week three of this influenza season. As you can see, last year's flu uh, season, we had this many confirmed cases of the flu in the United States, over 120,000. Randomly, this flu season, we've dropped off to almost nothing. This is not a, a Republican site or a right-leaning site. This is cdc.gov. 
and their information. This is where we stand right now for clinical and public health lab confirmed cases of influenza. And this is as of with 10 weeks left in the season. Interesting weekend, Trav, is it not? Uh, it's extremely interesting. And it's, it just goes to show you, uh, it, there's just so much pandering and gaslighting going on. Did we eradicate the flu? Is that what happened? Have we successfully eradicated the flu? Uh, I guess so. I guess so. I guess that flu shot that you get every year is working now. It completely eradicated everything, even though I've never gotten it. But it's that's, I mean, wow. So, so people were, you know, everyone should understand at this point that we're just pandering is a good word. Gaslighting is a good word. We are just, they're just trying to, we're sheep. They're corralling us and they're, they're treating us like sheep. Uh, we've talked about it on it's and off all sorts of, what's that? It's easier to control a population when you play on their emotions of fear and health. And when you turn them against each other. Exactly. So anyway, so we're up here in Tennessee and we mentioned flag football and, and, and my, my sister and my brother-in-law, uh, they, they run a, a operation called Father and Son Bowl. They've been doing this for 15 years up here. It started as just a small little thing with some people from their church just wanting to, you know, play football with their with their boys. But what it is, it's a it's a league put together, not a league, but it's an event put together championing fatherhood uh, with regard to fathers, sons, grandfathers, relatives, things like that. But it's, it's all men out there and boys and we play. And usually there's a little over a thousand participants this year, just because of everything going on. There were about 750, something along those lines. And so you each, you play a game, a flag football game. Uh, and there were one, two, eight fields being run and they did five rounds. Okay. So that's a lot of games. So you play one. And so it's a cool experience because I've been doing this for several years with them as well. I come, come up to Tennessee with my family. And so my son and I get to play and it's, and I've been his coach for many years. So that's always been cool too, but being able to play with him is a whole other experience. We've been doing that for several years, but this was actually the first year that my dad participated too. So, I mean, think about that. Yeah, three generations of Waters men playing with my my brother-in-law and his four boys, and that was a team. So the Clark family, the Waters family, that's their last name. That's my last name. And so that was our team. It was it was only us family playing. We play another group of guys that's kind of balanced, too, on the ages. And we just have a good time out there. And um, and the, the whole message, it's, it's religious-based. It's Christianity-based. Uh, and so my, my brother-in-law, Darren, gives a good pep rally before each round goes through kind of a message of sorts about, and, and this, uh, this uh, year's message was uh, uh, off of building your house on the rock versus building your house on the sand, but not, but not stopping there, but also to discussing the other side of things, which is, you know, we, we believe that there is a pruning process going on in our world from a faith standpoint and, and thinking that, uh, you know, the shaft will burn away at some point and God's really doing some things here to, to, to wake us up. Uh, to what's going on out there in the world and, and really try to wake up people religiously. So it was a cool, cool message. The event of itself is awesome because it's so cool to be out there. And this is all ages weekend, Trav. It's not teenagers on up or anything like that. Uh, they have little kids. I, I don't know what the youngest was this year, but I've seen you get like sometimes three, four-year-olds out there. And what they do also is that if there's a, a kid under the age of six, they run what's known as little man plays. And so with a little man play, if you have two kids on uh, either team 
uh, playing, you basically just kind of hand the ball off and let the kid run and go and pretend like you're pulling, trying to pull their flag and just try to get them to run all the way down the field and score. It's an encouraging, it's an uplifting thing. It's, you know, teaching men the way they should, they should be really moving forward with their children. And maybe, uh, maybe you're bringing somebody else, uh, another a kid, an underprivileged kid or whatever else that's Saturday, Sunday, uh, they partner with uh, charitable organizations, really fatherless kids, those kind of groups. And we call what's we call it MVP Sunday and basically just kind of pull out all the stops, you know, free food for them. Same same sort of deal. You got the message. They get to play the game, have an awesome day, Super Bowl Sunday and just a cool time to experience that and, and try to uplift these kids that just don't have those fatherly influences in their lives and just show them, hey, we're loving on you. And this is, this is the way that really things operate in this world. It's not as, it's not as gloom and doom as you think and try to just give them a good uh, masculine support system there. So it's a really cool thing they've been, they've been doing for 15 years. And I love being a part of that when I can. And so we've been coming up here for the past, I think five years now participating with them and it's neat. The whole community gets behind it. Their church community gets behind it. And it's really a cool thing to see that many people out there all day long multiple generations of men and boys playing together and just cheering each other on. Uh, what I love is that one of the rules to these games is that you it's mandatory celebration. So when you score the touchdown, there better be oh, something right. going on. Yeah. NFL, come on, got to learn, learn that lesson from us. So it, it's a, it's a cool time and uh, we're, we're fixing to fly back tomorrow, but, uh, and I'm in one piece, one piece. That's good. You made it out healthy. Yeah, there's always little aches and pains because you're working stuff you don't usually work. My my one football game a year. So, well, my question now is, beef money is, you guys do this in February, in Tennessee where it is historically cold in February because it's winter. Where, where, why is this league not happening in Florida? Well, so haha, they've not to bring no. I would keep it there. But I mean, maybe do a branch out. And yeah, no, we've we talked about that at one point. What the, so so I'll plug them again here. Fatherandsonbowl.com, I believe, is the website. I'll I'll try to correct that or make sure it is that before I actually put it somewhere. But I believe that's what it is. Father and Son Bowl, based out of Tennessee, they actually run one in Texas as well. I don't know if this year they are. Um, I'd have to double check that. But for the past few years, they have done that. Uh, and it, it's but it's all done in house, right? They have people that help them but they don't have like, they don't employ anybody. This is all volunteer stuff. You know, my brother-in-law has, has a, has a real job. Right. And my, my sister, she uh, homeschools, uh, educates, uh, you know, her, uh, I think one of them now. So the others are in school now, but, um, they're busy with real life stuff. They do this on the side. They felt led, um, spiritually to do this 15 years ago. And that's, and that's what they're doing. So they do have, uh, they started a couple of years ago in Texas. I don't remember where there's paraphernalia all over. This is my brother-in-law's office. Uh, I don't know, somewhere, but uh, they talked to me a few years ago about possibly looking at doing the same thing in Florida. Cause it's only, it's a weekend. It's a weekend. It's not a league or anything like that. It's a one time of the year. Uh, but the whole idea is championing fatherhood and, and really positive male influence on lives. And I think that's a message that has been broken down in our society for many, many years, demasculating us, which men back. Exactly. Bring us back. And this is one definite way that we do that. So kudos to them, uh, Carrie and Darren Clark 
with Father and Son Bowl here in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, they're doing awesome stuff, and I just want to give them kudos and props for that. And uh, also doing a little bit in Texas over the past couple of years. Who knows? Florida might get something like this uh, in the near future, too. I'm rooting for it. There you go. So that's that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. That's awesome. You traveled all the way there to do something like that. But it's tradition now, right, for you guys. You've been doing it for a good amount of time now, you and your son. So, and, I mean, you're, I know your wife and your daughter's there as well, right? Yep. So it's, the whole family goes. But uh, I think it's pretty cool. I think you're right about a lot of things. And I think that um, one of the things that happen in a successful society is when a family has a two-parent household, has a father and a mother, or at least a figure like that to help those kids. So I think this is awesome that you guys are reaching out and kind of trying to fill that void in some of these kids' lives because it does help. I mean, some kids need that. We all need it. I needed it. I needed somebody to look up sure. to when I was growing up for, for the substance and for, for who I was as a person. And sometimes these kids, they pick the wrong people to look up to and they get lost because they don't have that at home. So the fact that I love that you guys are doing this in the name of God as well and very spiritual and, and church related. So I think that's awesome because we do need more of that. So I'm glad to see that because I do, I, I, I continually i'll make posts every once in a while about religion and about god and even politics um, but i do think that we are trying to normalize and and, and publicize um one parent households and single family households and in fact i'll give you i'll give you an example and i know this is going to ruffle some feathers but i don't really care um blm black black lives matter the website actually had on the website where it said they were trying to dismantle the nuclear family, which yeah. means a husband and a wife and a family. They were actually for the Western prescribed nuclear family they wanted to get rid of. So I'm sorry, I don't agree with that. I agree that the two, two parent households are amazing. My parents ended up getting divorced, I think when I was like 14 or 15, but they still were equally influenced in my life. They always will be, and they always have been. So I, I think that because of that is why I'm balanced and who I am today. And same with you. Like, I just, I feel like we do have to get back to um, normalizing having a, a father and a mother in the household, or at least have the, those figures, but also centered around God. Well, we the, the, we the studies, that. the studies prove what happens when you rip out the male influence out of the household between crime rates, drug rates, suicide rates, murder rates, all of the above. And it's not just for a certain demographic of ethnicity. It's across the board and yeah. poverty as well. I mean, it's massive. And so this is, this is just a good organization that obviously it's family, but I get behind 100% because I want to participate in that. Um, and that's why I'm here. So anyways, it's awesome that you do that. And you're, you're taking the time out of your, of your life and every day. It's not like you have all this free time. I mean, especially now I take up all your time with this podcast, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're telling me, you're telling me. And, and so if you're listening to us and you appreciate our efforts and my efforts specifically subscribe below, follow us, our content, hit the icon, the bell icon. So, you know, when we post something new and, and groovy and rad and whatever, whatever the kids are saying, they don't say that anymore. Do they? You know what we're trying to do? We're trying to make God great again. <laughs> well, I'm going to correct you. He's always been great. We need yes. the people to recognize he's great. Um, so, anywho, weekend, Trav. Final thoughts for us. You know what? I had a positive weekend. We we got to watch the Super Bowl with some good friends here in uh, Laureate Park. Um, enjoyed a game. I was rooting for my Missouri team to do well, even though I'm not a Kansas City Chiefs fan. We know this. I'm a Cowboys fan. But 
Patrick Mahomes is from can are from Texas, born and raised there, went to college there even. So if he won, I was gonna be super happy. But also, I'm not a huge Tom Brady fan, but I'm not a Tom Brady fan either. I'm not a hater at least. So I thought it was amazing. The guy's 43 years old. Everybody used to say it was because of Belichick's system and all that stuff. The guy goes to Tampa, takes a team that was not a Super Bowl contender, and he wins a Super Bowl with them. It's it's a phenomenal story. So I don't care if you hate or not, and people are blaming refs or saying all this stuff. Regardless, the guy won. The guy is 43. He can be an inspiration for a lot of people to show that not only can you still do stuff the older you get, but he's doing it at that level. So I think we should all take some inspiration from that. And the guy's a great family man. I mean, he brings his kids on stage all the time. He he just, I think he's good for football. I think he's good for a role model. If you want to, and I always tell people don't look for athletes to be role models. You shouldn't really look to that. But I think Tom Brady seems by all means seems to be a good role model. Um, from, from the outside looking in, like I said, I don't know him personally, not like right. that, but he does seem to set positive examples. Um, and again, the Super Bowl is about bringing friends and family together. It's not, it's another one of those events where you can just get together with a good time. And that's what we did. So at the end of the day, it was a good day. Weekend trap had a good time and, uh, blessed like we're all blessed to be able to, to live a healthy life like this and be able to watch things like that so like I'm, I'm happy I was happy with the weekend the the right team won meaning whoever went whoever won I would have said that about the right team won right. so it is what it is yeah I think the uh, overwhelmingly they won uh I will still stand by the fact I think it was a boring game because 31 to 9 is not a good game um but uh my, my closing thoughts just kind of off of some of the stuff i was talking about and being up here why i'm up here number one i love my family i love the fact i get to share this time with them we're all under one roof my parents are up here too it's a busy house and uh, it's cool for me every year to see like my nephews get older and i got one that's getting married i got another one that you know he's doing another one in college i mean it's crazy um but just the fact that why we're up here and it's not just for our glory, uh, but we try to also bring God, his glory with what we do, trying to connect fathers and sons and grandfathers and uncles and nephews and what whatnot, and just have a cool day on Saturday and then go into the community, bring these boys out, champion masculinity and just helping them see this is what it could be. It's not, it's not all the negative stuff, but there, there are people out here that are more than happy to spend time with you. And honestly, I, w- I hate the fact that this is a day. I mean, I, I think people would say that we're pandering to them then, but no, we want an awesome platform for them just to run around and have a good time and have fun. And that's the biggest thing. So uh, I love the fact that this is what I'm up here for. And I think we need more of that in our world. And I definitely think we need to bring the men back get out of the shadows, men, come, come, you know, just be masculine for a change. Who cares what the media and the the narrative is? We're men act like it. I got a quote that I I liked and I posted on my Facebook. I said, we are not called on to be victorious. We are called forth to be obedient. Mm -hmm. And that is obedient to God. And we're serving God. At the end of the day, too many of us try to serve man And that's where our biggest problem happens because man is very imperfect. God is perfect. We should be serving God in his way. And I think that's what you guys are doing. You guys are, you're masculine, but at the end of the day, a masculine person um, can serve as well. 
and you guys are serving God. And that's, what's amazing. And I think that you're setting a great example for the kids that you're around and all of your family that's around because you guys are, you guys are obedient to God. Masculine men can be obedient as well. Absolutely. I mean, listen, I, ex I exude masculinity. Look at this. Look at my beard. Like everything looks good. Uh, so uh, if you're not yet subscribed to this masculine show about beards, bourbon and boxing, which we're not drinking any bourbon because it's like, it's like one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and you have work still and I still have work. But uh, if you're not subscribing or following, do it. Thanks to our media partners, TH Boxing, Gulfstream Financial and IF Enterprises. You can find links below to uh, all their stuff. And uh, I'll, I'll put father and son bowl out there as well. If you're in the Franklin, Tennessee area next February, Super Bowl weekend, please join us. And then there is also a Texas location too. So I'll have to put that up there as well. But anyways, Weekend Trav, it's been, uh, it's been real. It's been fun. I don't know if it's been real fun, but yeah. here we are. Here we are. There's no, there's no Weekend Trav to attire to really talk about other than plugging the promo stuff. Hit the merch up for TH Boxing. Hey. hey, that Richard, there is Weekend Trav. That there is B-Money, a.k.a. Producer. God bless. Have a good one, folks. Thanks, guys.